Tim Blanchip here with Divorce661.com, and today what we're doing is more of a podcast, a little bit longer discussion, and what we're going to do and start doing frequently is recap, or expand rather, on the videos and the short videos that we've put out. We usually do four pieces of content per day, per platform, so it's quite a bit of content, and we do have been doing lately more short-form uh, 15 second videos where we discuss uh, just helpful quick tips, uh, but they definitely do not go into any type of detail. Sometimes we have a, a longer, still short form minute version on different topics, but I thought I would take this opportunity for someone to listen to maybe a three to five minute video where we expand on these topics that we covered over the last week. So let's get right into it and we'll probably be doing this uh, more frequently. So the first uh, video we want to talk about that was a 15-second video was, do I really have to wait six months for my divorce to be finalized in California? And the answer is yes. The premise this video is coming from is based on people who may have been separated for quite a period of time. We have people that have been separated for you know, a year, five years, 20 years, uh, for a very long time. And they're, th- they're wondering, and the question always is, do we still have to wait for our divorce if we've been separated for a long time? And the answer is yes. The six-month clock starts at the, not the filing necessarily of the divorce case, but the actual service of those papers on your spouse or to you is what starts the clock on the six months. So that's the longer detail on that. The next video was kind of a marketing video. We basically were saying we only handle amicable divorce cases in California. So that's kind of a twofold uh, answer there. Um, Our registration allows us only to work in California, and we are only familiar with the California divorce process. Um, Across the board, the process is identical in every court in every county in California. And then the amicable part of that is we have specialized since 2012 in just handling friendly, amicable cases where the parties are able to reach an agreement. In the very early years, we would take all comers, you know, it was a new business, kind of had to back then, and we were taking contested cases, people going to court. Not that we would represent them in court, but we would do all the paperwork to get them so they could represent themselves. Fortunately, over the last 10 years, we've grown and been able to specialize in just amicable divorce cases, which is really where I wanted to be in the beginning anyways. It's it's a much uh, better feeling helping people get through an amicable divorce. The next video uh, we did was talking about people that are doing their own divorce and how many times their judgments are rejected. And I did a ton of videos this week on rejected uh, judgments, so this might come up a couple times in this discussion. But essentially, people are doing their own divorce and they are getting their judgments rejected. I, I always tell people that half our business comes in from people who started their own divorce and are calling us because they need us to pick up the pieces and finish it up for them because divorce is a very confusing uh, process to get through. It's legal. It's, you know, it's a court of law. You're dotting I's, crossing T's. There's a lot of legalese that goes into it. Even for the most simplistic cases, it can be difficult to get through the process. So uh, while we were happy to take your case on from day one, and a lot of people will call us and um, we'll, you know, for consultation and decide despite, you know, the uphill battle, they're going to try it on their own. And then they'll call us maybe three, six, nine months later and say, hey, I talked to you back then and we decided to do our own, try to save a little money, but we've spent so much time and, you know, wasted time, you know, missing work and so forth that we should have just hired you from the beginning. So that video was more talking about 
the fact that, you know, if you hire us, we're going to get the process done quicker. You're not going to have to, you know, figure out all these legal loopholes to get through, et cetera. And it is best, you know, if you're able to hire us that we can take over, we can start from the beginning versus uh, having to, you know, fix what you've done. You're going to, you know, if you're going to pay us, might as well pay us to do the whole thing than to pick up the pieces um, once you've spent, you know, in some of these reviews we did this week, some were over a year old and they had a simple, no children, you know, a few assets type cases and they still were not done. And we could have had them done in a, in a, in a matter of a week. Okay. Next subject was, uh, doing your own divorce is not free. So this video got a lot of attention because people think if you do your own divorce, it's going to be free. I'm not talking about free from you're not going to have to pay court fees. You're going to have to pay court fees whether you do it yourself or you hire us. That That's a given unless you qualify for a fee waiver. But what I'm talking about is it's, I always tell people that call, you're going to pay one way or another. You're going to pay with money out of your pocket to hire us. Or two, you're going to pay in missing time at work driving to the court, your gas money, time away from your family, time away from relaxing. You're going to spend your Sundays. Um, and I did a short video on this just last uh, Sunday, uh, I guess it was Friday night saying, what are you doing this Friday when you could, you're probably doing your divorce when you could be out, you know, doing something else or relaxing or going to bed early. So that's what I mean by paying one way or another, either in, in money or in your time, essentially. Okay, and then I did another video called What is the Exact Date Your Divorce Will Finalize? And this this got a lot of views on, uh, I want to say it was Instagram, because what I did was I, I basically talked to Siri on my watch and said, hey, Siri, what is six months and one day from today's date? And, it, and then Siri gave out a date. And uh, the date, that was to show you that at the very soonest, in California, it's the six months, kind of going back to what we talked about right off the bat with this uh, video. And from the date of separation, six months and a day is, is when your divorce can be finalized. That's the soonest. And that's how it works with our clients. Because our clients are not going to court, because our clients are not um, <clears throat> excuse me, having to make any appearances in court, and because they're amicable, we get their paperwork done well before the six-month mark, and we can turn it into court for review, for processing, and usually, in those cases, we have their paperwork back approved by the court in three months' time, and they're done. They're done with us. They're done with the court. There's nothing they're going to get at the six-month mark. They get their approved judgment at that three-month mark after hiring us, even though the six months haven't passed. So you might be asking me, well, does that mean the divorce is done? And the answer is no. So when they get it back three months after we've started the process, for instance, the date that is that is stamped on there as far as the final divorce date is pushed out six months from the date of service. So they usually, our clients are usually getting their divorce done three months in advance, and they know when their divorce date is going to be because the court's going to use that six months in a day process and stamp that on the court. So people that are getting their divorce cases approved this week, our clients currently, it's you know, it's October now, they're, most of their cases um, are not finalized until February, March, and even I think that's it. February, March is when we're seeing them being actually finalized because we got them done so fast. Okay, enough on that. Um, we had a couple, like I said, a couple more uh, reject, specific reject issues we went over. I'll kind of skip some of those. Uh, they were people that were going on a year um, for their divorce and they had, and they were in agreement from day one. Um, 
this video, only reason your divorce should take longer than six months is, I said in this video, if you're doing something wrong, you're doing the paper wrong, which is, if you're amicable, that's usually the problem. You're getting multiple, multiple rejects. And every time you turn your paperwork, it can take from one to three months to get it back from the court, and it just sets you back. You think you're good, and then you get a reject, and then you got to figure it out again. So that's what that video is about. And also talked about, you know, if you have trials or you enter the... the, the um, uh, court system, you know, once you do that, it's definitely going to take longer than the six months because they're so backlogged. Um, I did a funny video. It was just a joke about, you know, good marriage advice. I'm going to skip back over that actually because I, I basically on TikTok, and you can check us out on TikTok, I did a what's called a duet where you watch someone else's video and then you kind of can talk over it or, you know, reference it in one way or another. And basically it was this... Uh, workout guy, I guess I'll refer to him. His name is Papa Swolio. He's pretty funny. All he says is go to the gym. And there's this one video he did where he just kept saying, go to the gym, go to the gym, go to the gym. And so I, I did a duet and then I, on the top of the video, I wrote, this is good marriage advice. So just kind of silly, but got a lot of views. Check us out on TikTok. Uh, the next video I did, I was titled, you're killing yourself trying to do your own divorce. This was a gentleman I spoke to a couple days ago. And, and again, the same deal. He was uh, a year into it, amicable, um, trying to do it himself, and just getting reject over reje reject. And he didn't have the most easiest case, if you will, because there was a couple caveats. He had a, um, a a prenuptial agreement, and they were trying to file that with the court. And they just, you know, divorce is tricky enough, and when you're trying to file documents, you shouldn't be filing with the court. That just causes additional headaches. So we had to kind of walk. He was at the tail end. And he was having more of a filing issue because the courts, at least LA County, has gone to being able to file your judgments even. And so that's been nice, but it's also caused some headaches for folks who are trying to avoid going down to court to file their own paperwork. Um, let's see, what's the next video we did? Oh, okay, this is a good one. So this video is entitled, Why Are You Using a Free Marital Settlement Agreement You Find Online? So when we get these rejects, again, I told you we talk about a lot of rejects. When we get these rejects, what people are doing is they are Googling, you know, California Marital Settlement Agreement Online, and they'll find a five to 20 page document that is full of legal language about divorce, and it looks super official. And they will download it, and then they will basically fill in the blanks, uh, you know, that has been left for community property or alimony or spouse support. The problem is these settlement agreements are free for a reason. They're they're bogus. They will cause a rejection. They have so much nonsense, boilerplate, useless information that, that that's what makes them look good. I honestly think companies put them up for free so you'll you'll use it and then you'll have trouble with it and then you'll call them and hire them perhaps. But they're basically worthless. And so we'll get people submitting these to us when they hire us. Say, hey, our judgment was rejected. Can you know help us? And so they'll hire us. And I'll, set, I'll say, send me what you what you're what you're trying to submit. And I'm like, okay, this. This needs a video because we get so many of these worthless marital settlement agreements with nonsense. We have people that have no assets, no debts, no children submitting a 20-page marital settlement agreement to the court. And, it, it, you know, aside from the language being wrong, it's completely unnecessary. And the other thing I want to talk about this, I'm not sure if I create a separate video or um, – but it does, it does kind of hinge on the same topic – is – when you think marital settlement agreement, are you thinking a long narrative written out agreement? 
Well, that's what most people are thinking about. But the marital settlement agreement is just the terms of your agreement. So the courts use the court forms. You may have seen like the FL-180 for the judgment, the FL-343 for spouse support, maybe the FL-100, the petition. You definitely heard of that if you're going through divorce. Well, the the marital settlement agreement doesn't have to be a narrative. It can just be the, the court order forms. The F, you have the FL-180, and then you have the 343, as I mentioned, the spousal support order, and then you have the 345 property order. If you have no kids, that's that's really just the two forms you need, and that becomes your marital settlement agreement. Okay, next video was, don't do this with the FL-165 request to enter default form. So what I was referring to here is if you're going through an amicable divorce, you don't have to submit the request to enter default right when you get to that 30-day window or that 45-day window if you were serving via notice of acknowledgement and receipt. There's an additional 10-day add-on before you can file the default if it's served by notice of acknowledgement. But if you read if the court if you read the court instructions, it says when you are done with your uh, your 30 days have passed after after being served, or the or 45 days. We say 45 just to be safe, so we don't submit it too early. But I think it's 40 is the is the normal date. To us, it doesn't really make a difference because we have a process internally when we file our cases for our amicable clients. But if you're, what we recommend and what we do as a practice is we file the default with the default judgment package. And when I say default, I mean default with written agreement package, because it's easier for the court clerk to process your judgment when they have all the final stuff. See, if you are piecemealing, filing your proof of service, and then a month and a half later, you're filing your default, and then maybe you're filing your declaration of disclosure, um, you know, after that, and then you turn your judgment, they have to go pull your file, review all of that documentation, and then try and review your judgment. We, as a practice, will file the summons and petition, and if there's children, other forms, and then we don't turn anything else in, because in 45 days, we're turning everything in from the proof of service to the default to the declaration regarding service of disclosures to the including the judgment, the whole shot in one go. So the court gets you know everything in one shot. And we're finding now, we've always done this as a practice, but now with the online filing in LA County, uh, we're seeing judgments being approved sometimes in 10 court days, which is I mean, far superior to when we'd mail them in and get them done in maybe three months. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend you turn everything in at once if you can as a strategy for getting your judgment completed more quickly. Because I know our clients want their divorce done as quickly as possible, even though it's before the six months. That's why we submit them all as one. So nothing's lost. They don't have to pull the file and it's easier for the clerk. Once they get the file, they can go through the whole thing and improve it as quickly as possible. Okay, the next video was t titled, Why You Can't Terminate Spousal Support in Your Judgment on a Long-Term Marriage. So in California, if you've been married longer than um, 10 years, it's considered a long-term marriage, the courts will not allow you on a default to file, a, um, to have no spouse support. And I'm not talking about no spouse support as in not paying anything. That's fine. But we're talking about terminating the court's jurisdiction so there can't be a request for spouse support ever in the future. With a marriage of longer than 10 years, you have to do that by mutual agreement. And what we found in, in this week of consultations, and we probably had 30, of the judgment reject clients that we took on, the biggest, one of the reasons, and usually there's you know 10 reasons their judgment was rejected, but in, in these cases, um, they were trying to do a default with no agreement, even though they were in agreement. 
And I've been hounding, I told you, we talked about judgment rejects a lot this week and had a lot of clients come in on this, is that people keep doing default with no agreement, even though they're in agreement because they think it's going to be easier so they don't have to bother their spouse to sign anything. To be honest, true defaults, unless you have no assets, no debts, no kids, no nothing, and it's a short-term marriage, then maybe you want to do a default no agreement. But if you're trying to do anything like divide property unevenly, uh, maybe have no child support when there should be, uh, you want to terminate spouse support as we're talking in this about this right now, then you definitely want to do a default with written agreement. In all of these situations that we had uh, this week, every judgment, although they had, you know, like I said, 10 other issues for the rejection, but on this one issue of the spouse support, if they had just done it by mutual agreement and did a default with the written agreement, then their judgment would not have been rejected on that particular issue. Okay, the next video we did uh, was talking about uh, the legal separation process, and it was titled, are you filing for a legal separation to keep health insurance? And the reason I did this video is because we had a couple calls this week, and we do quite often, that people say, I want to file for legal separation. This was during consultations. And what I always say is, please tell me why you want to do a legal separation. And most of the time, people will say, well, I want to stay on health insurance. So what I have to tell them is, you know, that several years ago, we found out that the legal separation process was being treated the same by the health insurance companies as divorce, meaning if you got a legal separation, even though you're still technically a dependent, they were no longer going to allow you to remain on your spouse's health insurance policy. So I make sure to tell people, and, and if they don't tell me for um, health insurance reasons, I'll definitely bring it up and say, okay, before we go down this path, I don't want to go through this entire process of legal separation. You get a judgment for legal separation. Then you find out you're getting um, your, your health insurance uh, removed anyways. And then we have to go back and file a divorce case anyways. So if legal separation is the sole purpose that you're filing for legal separation, you're not going to want to do that. Or at the very least, you're going to want to talk to someone high up in the health insurance department. I don't think not your company, but for the actual, you know, talk to someone at Kaiser, talk to someone at Blue Cross, Blue Shield, et cetera, and say, hey, if I get a legal separation, can I still remain as a dependent? Uh, and, and still remain on health insurance. And every person I have talked to that I uh, have uh, explained this to who won legal separation called me back and said, yep, absolutely they said, nope, it would treat like divorce and I'm going to be removed. So let's just do the divorce. And the, why that's, there's two reasons I want to talk about that. If we had gone through the legal separation process and then we got a judgment for legal separation and that case was closed and then they found out, and this is true whether you do it for health insurance reasons or you do it for any other reason, you do a legal separation case and that's finalized. If you then want to file for divorce, you have to go through the process all over again. New case, new filing uh, filing uh, fees, new case number, the whole shot. You don't have to relitigate you know, the division of assets and debts and support and custody and all that. That all falls back on the... Um, on the legal separation case. You're just doing uh, the dissolution of marriage, but it comes with fees. Obviously, we have to process it again. We're going to have fees. You're going to have court fees, and you're going through that whole process again. So if we can keep people from going through this process twice, we're going to do it. Okay, uh, the next video was called Consider This If Paying Spouse Support. And what was this This was about is just to remind people that spouse support for many years now has not been 
uh, a taxable event. And what that means is if you're paying spouse support, you don't get to deduct it. And if you're receiving spouse support, you don't have to claim it as income. And I want to say this has been going on for about four or five years now. I know it is retroactive, and I think that might be the I might be using the wrong word, meaning if your case was filed with spouse support before this went into effect, this new this new law, then you still could claim it because it was it was retroactive to the original order. But any new order passed you know four or five years ago is and for as long as I can remember now, has not been a taxable event. All right, the next video is called, What Happens If You Don't File a Response to Your Divorce? So the play I was taking on this is, obviously you read the summons and it says if you're not, you know, once you're served and you don't file a response in 30 days, you're, you're totally screwed. I mean, I'm, I'm summarizing that, obviously. But what I said in this video was, basically nothing happens if your divorce is amicable. Meaning that nothing happens automatically with the court, no negative action happens to you. You're not, no one's going to call you. No one's going to come arrest you. We purposely do not have our clients file a response. There's no reason for a response if you're amicable. The only benefit in filing a response if you're amicable is the court gets another $435 fee. And I think that shocks a lot of people. When you file for divorce and you file the petition, you pay your fee. If you follow the court's instruction that says, Step one, file your petition and summon. Step two, serve your spouse. Step three, respondent, file your response. In doing so, triggers another filing fee and people are not aware of that. So we don't do that purposely on our amicable clients solely to save them money. And that's how we recommend you do it. Um, the... Last video we did is called Why Your Default Judgment is Being Rejected. And this, again, was kind of going back. And I told you we talked a lot about rejects. This, again, is talking about uh, trying to do something in a true default manner, meaning no agreement, even though your spouse may agree with it, and then imploring people to have their spouse be a part of the process. It'll solve all your problems. We had uh, someone who tried to do their own divorce, and this will be a perfect example. And in doing the paperwork, they actually had found one of these online programs, and there's thousands of them, and they're terrible. And, you know, probably 25% of the reject people that come to us come from some online service from anywhere from $39 to $400. You know, they've already wasted, and then they still need to hire us to finish their case because the paperwork's wrong and a whole host of issues. So, if, you know, we definitely don't recommend you use those services. But what we were talking about is why your default judgment's being rejected is because they are. In this example, when this person did this online program, they make you file these property declarations. And so does the court. If you go directly through the court, they make you file these property declarations. And it makes it appear that even if you're amicable, you have to divide your property evenly down the line. So in this example, and I'll try to make this quick, they filed their case. They filed the property declaration, splitting pensions, splitting bank accounts, splitting values of cars, like everything down the middle. And I know why they're doing that, because that's the way the court walks you through it, that everything needs to be divided equally. So when we got into it, I was looking at their pensions and I said, hey, your pensions are about the same value. Why are you guys splitting these? And she said, she goes, well, can we each keep our own? And I said, of course, you each keep your own. I mean, you don't have to do the quadro if you each keep your own. And she said, okay. And I said, well, okay, you guys are selling the house and there's a little bit of equity there. How much is equity is there? Oh, there's, you know, 20,000 equity, let's say. And they had a car that uh, one spouse was going to keep and was paid off with 20,000 equity. And I said, well, why doesn't the person with the car keep the car that's worth 20,000 and the house person with the house keep the 20,000, the inequity? And she said, can we do that? And I said, absolutely. She goes, well, really, we don't even want to do that. We just want to keep our own stuff 
I want to keep my assets and debts. He wants to keep his assets and debts. We don't want to split anything, and we know it's not equal. Can we do that? And I said, absolutely. By doing this by agreement, you can do anything you want. And this is just one of the biggest advantages slash disadvantages of using an online service or even going directly through the court, they're not going to give you this advice. They're going to say, seek legal advice if you have these questions. So here's someone that if they would have eventually, again, this case had been going on more than a year and they're fully in agreement. Had they gone down this route, they would eventually learn they had to do two quadros. Uh, they would have been selling cars to split values and all this stuff that did not have to happen. They called us the same day I had this discussion with her after they hired us, and we took care of this. We put it together exactly how they wanted, and they were so grateful to know that they could do this the way they wanted to do it. And, of course, they said at the end, we wish we would have hired you from the beginning. Please give us a call. We offer free consultations. You can go to divorce661.com. Uh, not everyone hires us. You know, Some people don't have the money, and we get it. We still, still will spend the 15 minutes going over your case, looking at your summary, trying to assess how you, if it's a simple fix, we'll tell you what it is. Keep in mind, when you get a reject from the judgment, and there might be one, two, or ten things, likely that is not all the issues that came up in the judgment reject. They, the clerk was just busy, and they said, well, this is obviously a total mess. I'm not going to spend any more time on this. I'm going to put down four or five reasons for rejecting this. They can fix those, resubmit it, and I'll reject it for the other reasons when it comes back. But give us a call. Free consultations. Just go to divorce661.com. You can uh, click the link to schedule a consultation. You can get access to my calendar. Be happy to talk to you. And uh, I hope everyone is having a great, uh, we're recording this on a Sunday. So I hope you guys had a good week and have a good week next week. And uh, maybe we'll chat with you guys soon. Take care.